KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. I was on the air on June 24th and really couldn't believe what I was reading. The stretch of I-95 that was built in under two weeks after the tanker crash and explosion is now open. Before traffic got through, Governor Shapiro and other top officials celebrated the reopening. Let this serve as an example of how Pennsylvania can do big things. But how did construction workers rebuild temporary lanes on such a major highway so quickly? Dr. Tripp Shenton is a professor of civil and environmental engineering at the University of Delaware. He says there were specific circumstances that made a quick temporary fix like this possible. If the roadway had been twice as high above the, the road, they probably wouldn't have been able to do this. If it had been over water, they wouldn't have been able to do this. I'm Matt Leon, and today on KYW News Radio in depth, we talk about what went into rebuilding I 95, why there was such a quick turnaround for this project, and why this doesn't happen on all construction sites. So let's start with the temporary repairs to that portion of 95. When it happened, you had a lot of people, I think reasonably so, that thought this could be months of detours and headaches. And they got it done in less than two weeks. Like, how impressive just is this from an engineering, from a repair standpoint? I think it was very impressive. You know, myself, I'd have worked in doing research in bridges for a number of years. You know, haven't seen this specific situation in this repair scenario before, but I thought it was it was quite impressive. I think there's a lot to do with the specific details of, of the site and what happened and the configuration of the roadways that lent itself to a quick repair. But even so, I thought it was uh, you know, a fantastic job. Yeah, that was kind of my next question. Was there something kind of unique to this situation, what needed to be done, that lent itself to an accelerated timeline? Sure, yeah, I, I think so. First of all, you have I-95, obviously a very heavily traveled road, an elevated section of the, the highway, which we might call a viaduct actually. And then you had the exit ramp, the roadway going underneath of it. And the section of 95 collapsed down onto the, the lower roadway. But the configuration, you know, the fact that I-95 at that point went over the road underneath, that the section of the, the bridge or the viaduct was not, you know, super high, you can imagine if the roadway were twice as high above the, uh, the lower roadway or three times, they probably wouldn't be able to do this. It would be a whole different scenario, but you know, if, if the road had been over a, a waterway, they wouldn't have been able to do this. So I think there were you know, a lot of just the, the circumstances of that location made this particular type of repair doable in a quick period of time. And this is a temporary repair. Can you kind of Explain to us what is happening that will make it permanent, that will will take longer, and kind of how you transition from what you've got now as a temporary to eventually the permanent repair? Sure. The plan is is now they've moved the traffic onto the temporary repair, and you know the side sections where the old bridge was is no longer there. So they will work on rebuilding those side sections, those side lanes of I-95, probably rebuilding them in, in to look much the same as the, the original structure did. We'll have to see exactly what that looks like, but they will rebuild the, the, the bridges on the sides of the temporary roadway. Then when those are done and ready, they'll move traffic onto those sections of the new roadway. 
And then at that point, they'll take out the temporary section, the, the, the roadway and the fill material, and then they'll build a similar type of structure in the gap that the temporary structure made up. So in the end, I expect it's going to build, look very much like what the original structure looked like. It'll just be all, all brand new. And one of the things I heard, I know the, the Biden administration's dumped a ton of money into infrastructure prior to this. This has been one of their, their big, big things to, to attack from a financial standpoint. Is this a result of poor infrastructure or was this just a unique catastrophic explosion that it could have been brand new and we probably very well would have found ourselves in the same situation? Yeah, I personally, I think it was, it was a very unique situation. Yeah, these types of things don't happen that often. I suspect that the the bridge uh, or the viaduct that was taken down was still in good shape and good condition, although it was older. You know, all of our bridges are inspected every two years. I-95 being a very important interstate highway, of course, it's going to be inspected. It's going to be maintained and repaired. And so this was just a, a very unique situation. We need to take a break. We will have more with Dr. Trip Shenton of the University of Delaware right after this. This is KYW News Radio in depth. And we are back on KYW News Radio in depth, continuing our conversation with Dr. Trip Shenton. He is a professor in the Department of Civil and Environmental Engineering at the University of Delaware. So this was done so fast. I think it was 12 days that they were able to to get traffic moving with this temporary fix and this begs the question and this is kind of the heart I w- what i wanted to talk to you about if something like this can get done where the average commuter can just kind of get back to life as normal under two weeks why do so many other projects last for months if not years and i'm sure this isn't a fair comparison because of what's trying to be be done and and stuff like that but is it wrong to not expect a little more when you kind of see that something like this can be done this quickly, that these other pro projects that languish for months and years, something's off here? It's a great question. It's a, and it's a ballot question. In emergencies like this, you know, as you've heard, the, the governor declared an emergency. And when that happens, it frees up funding that is there, is available to make quick repairs like this in situations like this. Not only that, you know, when that happens, it also frees the the Department of Transportation from some of the the contracting and procurement issues that they normally have to deal with, like competitive bidding and things like that. When emergencies like this happen, you know, they have the the engineers and the suppliers, they're all ready to go and they just basically like pick up the phone and say, Hey, come come help us fix this roadway or this bridge. And so, you know, they don't have to deal with the normal contracting, the normal procurement that they they would and so that that speeds it up right then and there for this particular situation the repair that they were able to make from an engineering perspective was relatively straightforward relatively simple they brought in the fill they filled in the 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 void you know where the bridge was they elevated the the fill up and then paved over top of it that's a relatively simple type of process to do when they rebuilt the bridge, they actually have to fabricate the new girders, whether they're going to be steel girders or concrete girders. They have to fabricate the new girders to span the approaches, to, to span the, the what we call the piers. They have to put the deck on 
That's a more complicated process. They have to fabricate and procure those steel girders, let's say. That takes time. It's a whole different scenario. It's it's not comparing apples and apples in these different uh, situations. And uh, you know, as I mentioned, this this scenario it really worked in their favor to get it done quickly. You know, again, if the roadway had been twice as high above the the road, they probably wouldn't have been able to do this because that would have been too much fill. It would have been too high. If it had been over water, they wouldn't have been able to do this. So the other thing is comparing what happened now. The public understood what what happened here they understood that you know the the bridge failed it basically kind of broke i-95 and therefore we're going to have to detour and we're going to have to live with that detour until they get it fixed and it's kind of like the public understands the situation if we're trying to repair things or rebuild things the dot is going to do everything they can to maintain the traffic flow uh, in the area they do not want to impose detours on the traveling public. They don't want to injure the public, you know, at all costs. They'll try to minimize the impact on the traveling public, right? That's why we see so much work repaving highways and things like that being done at night because they can close lanes at night. They can restrict traffic at night when there's less traffic. And that's why so much of that kind of work gets done at night rather than in the day. If the DOT said for whatever reason they were going to close I-95 to make some repair and close it 24-7, the public's not going to like it. So those are, you know, all the different things that come into play when we're looking at the difference between this scenario and just general construction. To that point, does that help as well that you've got the space cleared and you can just do what you have to do and you're not doing the juggling of, okay, two lanes and then... It's, you know, moving around and stuff like that. It's just, all right, this is the workspace. Get it done. Let's get it out of here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Even when work's done at night, you know, when you see messaging boards and things like that, you see there's a finite window that they can have workers out there doing that work. And every night it takes time to close those lanes and put up those cones and do all those kind of things. And that actually cuts into their work time. So, yeah, when you've got the whole site to yourself 24-7, they can be good to go. Do you think there's an argument to be made in certain situations with certain projects? This would take, let's just say, whatever project Y is. Three months, we will keep traffic moving, but it'll be down to two lanes. Then it'll be down to one lane for these hours and stuff like that, but you'll still be able to get through. Or we just shut it down for a month, get to work, and complete it. It'll be a painful month, but it'll be done quicker. Is there a for lack of a better term, kind of a cost-benefit analysis for the public of what you should do. And maybe if this was presented to people, you know, we might get some things moving along a little quicker here. For sure. I do think the Department of Transportation all across the country, lots of times they're doing those kinds of analyses. But again, you have to kind of weigh the impact it's going to have on the public. How is the public going to react to that? And all that kind of goes into the, the decision process. You don't see it that often where they do make that decision. Okay, just just close it down, deal with the detours. There are certain situations where that happens, but it's usually in less traveled roads, in in secondary roads, secondary streets, things like that, where you you'll you'll see that. But when it comes to you know an interstate heavily traveled road like that, it's pretty unlikely that they're going to do something like that. Do you think that? 
whether it's federal, local, the departments of transportation do a good job of explaining what they are trying to do. And does the media do a good job of pushing that out there? Because I'm thinking, and this is, I'm completely selfish here, and I have not, I've been driving in New Jersey for decades. That 42, 295 area has been under construction for who knows how long. I feel like my entire adult life. And I honestly couldn't tell you what exactly they're trying to do. And is that a failure of communication in from the Department of Transportation standpoint? Is that a media failure because it's dull and it nobody wants to talk about traffic? You know, I feel like there could be more here where people might be more understanding if they were told, listen, when this is done, you're going to save 15 minutes getting from X to Y, or there's going to be two extra lanes. It's going to be easier to get from here to here. Do you think there's work to be done there in, in improving what people understand? Yeah, for sure. And, uh, but I, I have to say, I do think it's gotten better over the years. You know, I think 20, 20, 30 years ago, yeah, the DOTs didn't even really think about that too much. I think they're getting much better at it with all of our different social media platforms and things like that, that they're using. They're getting better at it. You know, as far as the media side of it, I mean, to be honest with you, lots of times that talk, that information, I guess is, it's not very exciting. I think they're, they're doing a better job. I think you, you see it around more. It's being used more effectively. DOT websites with the, the live cam cameras that they have out there now too, you know, that help out. So it's getting better. I think, you know, there's still work to be done, but it's getting better. I'm kind of curious, kind of bringing it back to the 95 repair situation. Do you think in a way a disservice has been done in this being done so quickly in the idea now that every project going forward is going to be fair or unfair, is going to be measured against this and a lot of things that people may have just accepted now, all of a sudden, there's going to be more calls, more emails, more public comments on, well, you got they got this done in two weeks, so I don't understand why this is going to take six months. Like, you know, could you be your own worst enemy in being so incredibly competent? <laughs> sure. Yeah. We hope nothing like this happens again. But if another situation like this comes up, I would hope the public, if it doesn't happen as quickly, it's easy to see or or it's explained in, in simple terms why there are differences and why it's taking longer. You know, what's different this time compared to what happened last time? And why is that taking a little bit longer? The DOT's got to explain, and they, they probably will. They'll have to explain, look, this is, this is the situation this time. It's not the same as last time. This is why it's going to take longer. And if it's explained in a way that the average person can understand, you know, I think it'll go a long way to kind of quelling those kind of responses. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio In-Depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.